Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you? I am terrific, Eric. How are you on this Friday afternoon? Looking forward to the weekend. It's been a long um, week, but man, I'm, I'm excited to uh, spend some time doing absolutely nothing this weekend. <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. and be, But before we get to the weekend, we need to get to your guest. You brought on a special guest today. I'm really excited for this conversation. And that is Ron Rugolo. And Ron is the vice president with the firm Bradley & Parker, a premier insurance and risk management firm in Melville, New York. Ron specializes in working with business owners, individuals, and franchisors. He holds endorsements for exclusive insurance programs from several franchisors. With more than 20 years' experience in the in insurance industry, Ron began his career in underwriting and service positions, which helps him understand the needs of a broad range of client types. Ron volunteers with various organizations, helping children with special needs, and coaches Little League Baseball and Soccer. He currently resides on the south shore of Long Island with his wife and their four children. And Ron, it sounds like with four kids, you are a busy guy. Welcome to the show. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Larry, thank you so much for bringing Ron on. What are you guys talking about today? Oh, well, we're going to talk about what business owners should know when it comes to commercial insurance. And <clears throat> we're going to try to kind of highlight all the parts because I'm sure, Ron, we could talk about this for hours. Sure. But uh, we're, we're going to focus in on some key items and we'll give out Ron's information at the end. If you have any follow-up questions, I want to speak to Ron directly. So why don't we just dive right in and kind of a little talk about, you know, your firm and how different or, or unique your agency approach is when it comes to working with business owners. Sure. Uh, good question. Um, and it's one that I welcome often and I'll tell you why, because we, we try to, by design, be different um, in our approach. Um, there's a lot of insurance uh, agencies out there, very good insurance agencies for that matter, um, that may use the traditional approach of, you know, going over uh, and, and asking a, a business owner to take a look or review at their insurance. And typically that has to be within, you know, 90 days to their renewal. Uh, the only time that anybody can make a change in business insurance is on their renewal date. Um, so, so that actually works out in such a way that many agents are calling the same business at the same exact time. Uh, and it could be somewhat frustrating and cumbersome for a business owner when they're taking, you know, 15 calls in one day to see if somebody would, would want a review of their insurance. We, we designed our approach um, as a con consultative approach, and we do the exact opposite of what a traditional um, you know, producer uh, in the insurance business might do. We'll actually call them a few months after their renewal uh, to see how it went, um, see if, if, if they have any uh, sort of issues or challenges from the way their process went with their current agent. And, and it becomes sort of a collaborative effort as to rather than the you know, the, the anxiety canyon opening up as, you know, here comes a, a sales guy, it becomes more of a console, you know, a, a conversation. And then we, we share with them 
you know, how we work with business owners and the proactive approach that we take. And that proactive approach uh, in institutes uh, a few guidelines. Uh, one is that we try to learn as much as we can about their business. Uh, it's very hard to ensure uh, a business without knowing exactly what their exposures are. Um, far too often, you know, insurance agencies will come in and say, you should be with us because we're the best in the world. Uh, and, and here's why. And they'll try to talk, you know, they'll basically tell them about them when in fact they should be asking questions about their business, uh, and, and you're gathering information to understand the scope of their exposure. Um, so from that period of time, we, we then go ahead and institute, um, you know, a, a, a network or a curriculum that we have. We're one of the few agents uh, in the nation that have a Beyond Insurance Global Network uh, reach. Uh, we're actually members of, of this particular network. And it's a, a network of 75 agents across the nation that act as outsourced risk managers to a business. And many Fortune 500 companies have in-house risk managers. Um, whereas many, uh, smaller companies don't have that. So we act as their risk manager. We institute a curriculum and that curriculum in, you know, installs, uh, a program in which we're proactively looking at their insurance to identify any claim trends, uh, to make their company safer. And then of course, present their case to the insurance, uh, underwriters at the time that the other brokers are actually calling on them to see if they would work on their insurance. So I know this might seem um, like a, a complicated approach, but it actually isn't because when it comes time that the process is done, we're showing an insurance company the best in class type business that has done work uh, to make their company safer uh, and to manage their risk uh, as we see it uh, at that particular time. And ultimately, we end up getting the best terms and conditions from an insurance company that would include special pricing with special uh, broadened coverage. Yeah. Sorry for that so, long-winded answer, but no, that's okay. But you know, and that's kind of interesting. And you know, for the most of us, the laypersons out there, can you just kind of expand a little bit what you mean by risk and risk managers and all that, and what that good question. what you're actually doing by that. Yeah, very good question. So the insurance companies, what's directly re related to premium expense is uh, the history of that business's claims. Uh, and they actually look at five years of claims of history. Uh, and, you know, obviously, uh, the business with, with more claims uh, is going to have an issue, number one, getting in co coverage, and number two, paying um, a low price for that coverage. So when it comes time that we're working with somebody who has had claims, uh, we try to identify trends as a risk manager and what kind of claims they've had. And we try to, and we make a part of our program uh, taking necessary steps to avoid uh, those type of claims that have been identified as trends. Uh, if, in fact, we come across a company that hasn't had claims in the past five years, well, it becomes just nothing more than a proactive measure. Uh, and, you know, this, this uh, program actually can apply uh, to both type of companies. So risk management is basically taking risk 
uh, and either insuring it or transferring it or basically taking it on themselves. And by doing that, we're able to actually identify the company's exposures and address them as they come up. So I hope hmm. that answered your, your question there. No, that definitely answers my question. Hopefully it helps our audience, our audience out there. So let, let's talk about some of the risk and some of the insurance that you need. Obviously there's, there's insurance and coverage that is required by law or by a contract, uh, but what lines of other types of insurance beyond those do you look at and, and can your agency provide for these business owners? Sometimes I, I, when I talk to clients, I say, well, you don't know what you don't know. So right. I'm, I'm assuming that kind of goes along as far as commercial insurance as, as well. Absolutely true. Good question. And I will say that there's, I'll just, there are many different coverages out there. I'll just basically mention three that are, as you defined, not required by law and not oftentimes not required by contract. There's a coverage called employment practices liability. That's actually um, coverage to cover an employer or a business owner against a potential lawsuit from their employees. Uh, and that would include accusations of uh, discrimination, harassment, retaliation, wrongful termination, um, wrongful discipline, and wage and hour claims. Uh, and basically what they're saying is that if, I'll just take for an example, someone was felt that they were uh, fired, uh, and this unfortunately uh, is a popular lawsuit over the past 10 to 12 years or so, and they were fired, and then they accuse that they were fired because of their um, race or ethnicity or, or age or anything to that matter, they do have the ability to sue that employer uh, for that particular accusation. And if found negligent, that employer would have to pay uh, a settlement. Uh, and what's, what's most important about these liability policies is that they could be completely innocent of the accusation but they will still have to defend themselves in court. Uh, and that includes uh, hiring an attorney to defend it. And the average cost of an attorney today for these type of lawsuits, a labor attorney, uh, can range between uh, you know, thirty-five dollars and $45,000. So the insurance policy uh, institutes or, or actually uh, covers defense. And then it would cover, uh, of course, uh, the negligent judgment that's, that's awarded if found negligent. Um, what I find uh, with this particular uh, type of coverage is the third party coverage is significantly important. And I'll give you an example. And, you know, basically third party means another party besides the employee. There, there had been a class action lawsuit to a certain industry that, that held a show to show their um, their events, uh, similar to a car show or something like that, wherein a blind person who I'm, and I'm very um, sensitive uh, to people with disabilities, but in this particular case, uh, the blind person, had, partially blind person, had attended a show and asked the, the person that was running the show to walk them around the show, in which they did, and they collected various uh, pieces of information about each uh, dealer in this particular case that was selling a certain product. 
Um, and then, you know, they sort of left the show and it, it was a, a done situation until such time that three months later, every single dealer that was selling a product at that show was sued by that person for discrimination. And what they accused or alleged was that when they went on that company's website, they didn't have the proper uh, equipment on their website installed to allow a, a partially blind person to peruse and read their website. So they actually um, you know, sued under discrimination and it became a lawsuit in which many people didn't have this type of coverage. They had to pay for defense. And from what I understood, there was an average settlement of $50,000 to that person. Wow. So it's, uh, it, it's a, to the point where we're saying, you know, it's not required by either law or contract. Many business owners make the mistake, and I'll even say rich businesses, of saying, well, I don't need that coverage because the law doesn't require me and, and my customers don't require me to have it. But they're, they could be crippled in such a way that they don't even know that they need the coverage until such time that it's too late and the claim came in. Um, the other piece, if you wouldn't mind me taking some time to talk about, is cyber liability. Um, this is a very important coverage, and this, over the past two years, has been exploding in in uh, loss in, in losses, uh, only because some attributes to uh, people working from home. But this is a coverage that actually covers um, businesses in the event that to recover from a data breach or a virus or a cyber attack. And let's call it how it is. I mean, everybody uh, is running their company from almost always a management system that's controlled by a computer. And a lot of it is web-based. Um, so a, a very simple example of this could be that somebody gets an email uh, from somebody that they, that is familiar. It could be an employee of a company, and they click on that link, and all of a sudden, everybody's computers uh, shut down, and there's uh, you know a posting on everybody's computer that says you know we have your system, and we're holding it for ransom, and you have to pay this amount of money for us to release it. Um, that could cripple a business um, within you know just attribute it to you know the lights going out and the computer's being down when the lights go out. I know at our company, everybody has nothing to really do. Uh, there isn't anything such as paper files anymore or, or anything to that nature. We completely depend on our computers. And this insurance policy will cover, among many things, it's a very broad policy, will cover the cost to pay in bitcoins that hacker um, to get your system back. There'll actually be a negotiation from the insurance company to the hacker. It's a very, very interesting coverage. I don't know how long they're gonna be making these payments. I don't know how long it's gonna be this broad, but not only is this a broad policy in that it'll cover, because now if somebody has like an attorney or, or a, a medical establishment um, system, they can go in and, and start taking personal information from their customers and clients. Uh, and we, there can be social security numbers in there. There could be all sorts of things in there that can adversely affect their customer. Uh, and what happens is uh, the customers then have the ability to sue uh, that particular business for not protecting, depending upon state law. So this covers that lawsuit. 
Uh, it has, you know, that third party piece in there. Uh, and it will also cover the business interruption, uh, which is like missed income and, and, you know, as a result of their, their business being suspended, uh, cause it's being held at ransom. Um, so it's a pretty significant coverage. They're saying on average, uh, a most recent statistic came out that it costs a company close to $200,000 to recover from a cyber attack. So it's yeah, so you, you we, we, we've talked about this before. First, we could have a whole podcast just about sure. cyber liability and, uh, and in coverage. But uh, tell our audience, I found it fascinating what's going on and, and what are the sizes of some of these ransoms that uh, that you've mentioned before? Um, yeah, just... I mean, yeah, you know, you we've all heard the Equifax uh, hack. You know, that's pretty significant when you think about it. The target we all haven't heard was... it, so I don't. I don't know if our audience heard it. So if you want to, oh, okay. Well, the Equifax hack was surprising to everyone because Equifax, run, you know, is the biggest credit. Uh, running organization in the nation and perhaps in the world and they hold everyone's social security numbers uh, in in their running of the credit um, so the fact that a couple of years ago they were hacked was shocking and you know ultimately I'm not sure what the award came down to there but there was an award from Target uh, in their hack in in people getting uh, credit card numbers in in the realm of about 18 million dollars um, so it's pretty significant when you think about it. And here's my point about Equifax. If a hacker can get into Equifax, uh, they're almost certainly going to be able to get into uh, any sort of Main Street business or any mid-size uh, business uh, or company. That's true. I was actually, and those are great stories and numbers, but I was actually referring to the actual size of the ransom that companies are paying and even the insurance companies for now have been covering them and i was shocked to hear this the the size of those yeah uh, yeah yeah they could get hundreds of thousands of dollars there's there's a whole negotiating team that goes on with this in that the insurance companies are trying their best and then they identify believe it or not it's such a popular thing that the insurance companies get to know the hacker by there's their the way in which they operate you know, they actually have names for, for different guys. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's a whole different, uh, you know, set of insurance that's that's uh, interesting and, and quite dangerous, in my opinion. Absolutely. So I guess for most of us out there, when it comes to insurance, it's things that we know we need. Uh, we want to have the coverage. And usually, you know, price comes down to be the number one from from most people but is price the one and main item to consider when shopping business insurance uh i will unequivocally say uh it's not and it shouldn't be you know the old saying you you get what you pay for comes into play it actually comes into play with almost anything material right so if someone buys a, a car that you know has 100,000 miles on it, it's likely to break down than they would for, for that brand new car. And that just is stating the obvious. What I find uh, with insurance is w when, the, when people are just completely dedicating their shopping experience to price, there's, it leads to a significant increase in the probability that there's going to be a compromising coverage. You know, just 
take for example, not that we operate this way because we don't, because um, it's it's important. Price is important to us, but coverage uh, takes the you know takes place first first and foremost um, to explain to people the coverage, give them the option, uh, give them various options to reduce their premium. Um, and of course, negotiate the best premiums with the carriers at the tail end of, of the uh, procurement of insurance. But let me let me just give an example. When you have various uh, insurance comp- agencies bidding against each other, and and insurance is a very complicated and complex um, item to understand and read. I mean, insurance policies are 120 pages on average. There's many different exclusions that could be listed on an insurance policy and it makes sense right the more the more prompted the exclusions are going to be or the more the more likely the the cover the coverage is going to be limited and the more likely the the cost of the insurance is going to be lower uh so you know look it's it's certainly something that business owners have to buy oftentimes and it's something that becomes an overhead expense for them but at the same time, if they have a multi-million dollar company and they could enter into an uncovered claim just simply because they saved a couple of thousand dollars, I've seen it. It it becomes a, a very unfortunate situation in that I started working with people that had that experience and came to me because they had that experience with another agent. So it really behooves somebody to make sure they're working with somebody who's going to say, hey, I, I, I know this is going to be more expensive, but you really need this coverage for X, Y, Z reason. And not having that is something that I wouldn't re- recommend, not just trying to sell something just to get a sale, correct? It, exactly. Well said. And I'll say this too. That's not to say that we don't uncover, you know, look under every rock to find the best pricing but we don't compromise coverage to get the best pricing. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll come to clients and say, you may want to raise your deductible. How do you feel about that to save this amount of money? And oftentimes they'll say, yeah, well, that makes sense. And I'll take that risk and I'll increase my deductible to $10,000 to save uh, five because I realized that it, it would actually add up over the years. Uh, so it's those type of conversations that that make more sense than having dangerous exclusions and 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 having the customer not know uh, what they are just for the sake of the lowest price. Yeah, I would also guess that a lot of people and a lot of agents out there, once they sell them the product, they just it's a lot easier just to renew it rather than to look each year to see what else is out there and what has changed. It's so true, and and that's why I'll bring it back to our procedure and in the way in which we work with people. There's a lot of things within an insurance, uh, within a business that can change from year to year. Um, so it's it's very important for for questions to be asked. Um, and I hate to say it, you know, I'm a creature of habit. I I might have the same people that I work with personally from year to year, and 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 don't change. But insurance is is uh, is is an ever changing uh, industry, uh, and it's important, maybe not to do it every year, but to get a second opinion similar to what you get from your doctor, maybe every couple of years, because there could be a lot of a lot uncovered 
that that folks may not know about. Hmm. So true. So let's talk about a little bit what what types of industries are best candidates for a review of their insurance policy from a company like yourself. That's a good question too. I, I will say um, I, I've worked with uh, many different industries, and I, I just want to give maybe one example of my personal, uh, you know how how companies can grow over the years and so forth. But I, I work with uh, many different franchisors, franchisees. Um, and I did end up working with somebody uh, in my young career, in my younger days, that came to me and said, I, I just opened a couple of uh, small franchised restaurants. Um, you know, can you help me out with insurance? And I wrote the insurance for two locations and then got a call from him like a year later. And he said, I'm buying another two, uh, 22 uh, stores. Can you help me with that? And then another call, you know, a year later, another 15 stores and another 18 stores. And by the time, you know, they, they ended up having 82 locations with me paying multi-million dollars of insurance premiums. Um, so uh, my point is that, uh, you know, we, we, can, we have the capacity within our agency to handle the guy who came in and asked me to help him with his two locations to his growth eventually at the you know the 82 locations um of course it was a completely different strategy we did institute risk management um and loss control uh as he got bigger uh to make the company safer and to avoid type of claims and so forth we can work with a company that uh, you know has a million dollars in sales or uh, something up to a hundred million dollars in sales the sweet spot for us is employees of you know from 25 to 100 or even 500. Uh, we do also have an employment, uh, you know, the employee practices liability that becomes a part of that as well. Hmm. It's all great stuff. Oh, I've learned some new stuff, my some new things myself today. Any final thoughts you want to give our audience, Ron? Well, I think we covered a lot there, uh, Larry, and I appreciate you guys having me here today. I would just mention the people to be cautious, um, ask a lot of questions when it comes to their insurance, you know, try to understand it as best they can, because I, I hate to say it. And, and I've given out a million dollar check to customers in the past. Um, and I've had buildings burned down to the ground and, and have had to, uh, you know, see the loss all the way through. Um, they never think it's going to happen to them. Uh, thank God no one was hurt in any of those industries or any of those situations. But I was happy to say that during all those major claims of multi-million dollars, uh, I was able to indemnify the clients and make them whole, uh, which is what they pay for their insurance. So I would certainly ask that anybody out there either get an alternative review uh, from anybody else or ask that their agent uh, walk them through each and every part of their insurance policy. G great recommendations. So thank you, Ron, for joining us today. This has been very enlightening. enlightening. Uh, if you're interested in reaching out to Ron, you can get him at bradley-parker.com or call his office at 631-650-4014. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ron. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it. Ron and Larry, this was a fantastic podcast. Ron, I, I don't 
think you could have stated it any better. Nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them. I mean, just look at the past, mm-hmm. you know, 2020. Nobody ever thought this pandemic was going to hit, and all of a sudden there it is. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So important. Such an important message. Larry, thank you so much for bringing him on the show. And, of course, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the Subscribe Now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.